Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, everyone. Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Jamie Galliotto, Isabel, Sarah Kershaw, Jenny from The Block, Hannah Kincannon, Jortin Blims, Luna Gallimaster, May, Zeragis, Lucille Green Applesauce, Mary Lanners, Gabrielle Murphy, Art Stevens, M. Cassie Walne, Joshua No Relation to Sarah Baldwin, Milan Nigam, Mackenzie Massey, Tavin Kastner, Nathaniel Beck. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. Hello 
welcome to the Rustical Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Newell. With me today, I have... Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe, And Helen Gould. And today, we are not playing. We are going to be doing a discussion, a metacast, and we are going to be discussing sensitivity in gaming. Sort of good ideas to help everyone have a good time and to, you know, avoid problems and avoid any kind of, like, discontent, that kind of thing. We're going to cover that on both the sort of GM side and the player side. And I think we should probably actually start with something a bit broader, which is table etiquette. You know, there's a, there are some unspoken rules and there are some actually like written rules for this, but I just wanted to like open... Is the, the f- written rule no shouting? <laughs> <laughs> it is written on, written on Helen's character. But to be fair, that's recording etiquette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was given a list of rules for recording etiquette. Yes, we yeah. have recording etiquette as well, so... When but you com- probably won't need that. <laughs> Unless you do a podcast. Shout as much as you like. When you say that, I actually think there's a good argument to be made for recording it for yourself, not as a podcast, just like leaving it on so that you have something to like listen back to, like genuinely. Really? The, the idea of listening back to a game that I've played as just like fun is something I probably do, yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Sounds like a lot of effort. Alex, like there are these things called actual play podcasts. Uh, you can yeah, listen but they're to not them. my games. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you played your games, but I listen to our own podcast, so I can eat my words. There we go. Yeah. So in terms of table etiquette, I don't have a pre-made list here. This is a bit more loose and fast than discussions, but I'd like to open it to the table. What kind of things would you suggest are just good rules for table etiquette? That's difficult because we need to have a definition of what you mean. Like, do you mean just like interacting with people? I would say interacting with people Cause... within the context of playing an RPG. Oh, well, then listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that in big capital letters. Yeah, good start. <laughs> I'd say on a bookkeeping side, you know, for a change, I thought I'd shake things up. <laughs> I'd say there are a few unspoken like rules that are encouraged as well, which is stuff like if you're a new player, obviously everyone needs to sort of give you the time to learn. Mm. People need to give you the time to actually like figure stuff out. Especially a lot of RPGs are very front heavy, like yes. very very front heavy, and you've got to accept that if a new player's there, you've got to let them take the lead more because they need to realise that's an option and you've got to back off a little bit and let them learn the mechanics but I'd also argue on the flip side that once that player's been playing a long time I'd say that it is a a politeness that that player should be making an effort to learn these mechanics if they're playing a longer game if they're, no if they're playing something over the course of months and so <laughs> no on. that expression is because I, I'm just I'm so bad with rules like but it isn't that you've made no effort at all no if it's not that say, it's just I can't it's like yeah, but you know, <laughs> you, you know what's on your character sheet. Like, I think, I think, the th- no, but I think the thing is, is that that's another thing where a player shouldn't be expected to know every single thing about the game. Absolutely. That's really the GM's responsibility. Yeah. But what the player should know is everything that's on the player's character sheet. Yeah, and okay. you know that. Like you've learned the paladin, you've learned Azu's build. Yeah, that's fine. You 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 know as much as you need in order to play the game, and you know how you work. You don't enter any situation immediately going, "What should I do." Yes. Oh, that's something to point out as well, as in, like, in terms of unsolicited advice, too. Yeah. Like, to not immediately jump in with what you think a character should do, unless it's, like, a team yes. decision. No quarterbacking. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm pretty bad for that. Like, especially, I have to confess, yeah. I've. I've that's the one one criticism I'd have ever leveled at you, but you don't you deal with it quite well. Mm. You, you don't really do it anymore. I have to I have to actively remind myself not to. <laughs> I don't always go, oh, you should do this, but I, I my instinct to be like, no, that's a poor decision is so strong. <laughs> what you're very very good at is going. So obviously anyone can do what they want, but this is optimal. And then lay, I'm just going to lay it <laughs> out I've there. I've worked it out, guys. And if you, you want to play suboptimally, it's okay, but this is this is optimal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's but it can be helpful, like especially if you are new to the rules yeah, and the system. Exactly. Because there's been I, I remember at least once or twice where I've been like I don't know what's available to do. 
Well, and, and there are system limitations. A, a good hmm. example that's come up multiple times, actually, when I've been playing both Pathfinder and D&D, is it doesn't handle scale well, for instance. So if you present people with, there's a big giant, the first thing that any new player immediately says is, I want to jump on its back, at which point the number of GMs will go, it's not how it because of course you do works you're a hero you don't want to stand back absolutely but at the same time as a GM you're like I don't mm, okay and then it's about yeah kind of walking people through what that looks like and the way that I find most useful is ask someone what they want to do and then translate that into mechanics for them is a lot of it. So mm. you don't go, okay, I need you to really explain what type of grapple you want. It's tell me what you want to do. Mechanically, it looks like this. Then let's walk through that. So and that's, that's, that's the important thing is yeah. bring them along with you. Don't just be like, I'm going to process it in my black box of yeah. my head yeah, and yeah. then be like, that's what happens because then the player doesn't really understand anything. They've just mm. been told kind of what they've got. Mm. In terms of the etiquette stuff, generally speaking, it's a little bit different for us because we're doing it in like a basically professional setting. <laughs> I think it's the responsibility of players to look after their own character sheets and so on because if you start putting that on the GM, it's too much mm. uh, because they're having to maintain your sheets, their sheets. And it's the same when it comes to sort of statuses and so on. Obviously, there's a bit of back and forth, but as a GM, there's so many things to process. If I'm ever a player and I am like familiar with that system, I personally make it my responsibility to know where my statuses are so the gm can say how many how many rounds have you got left on that effect and i know i've got my little tally and i'm like i've got three rounds left i don't go i don't know you tell me because <laughs> they're already tracking everything else mm. so anything that a player can do to sort of lift that load i think i encourage people to do i think the time. more importantly as well just get yourself a system where that's not necessary <laughs> <laughs> really i agree <laughs> i disagree the mm. less rules the better fewer rules oh there dear <laughs> I was I was that far. Away. <laughs> What's good in this world, Bryn? Layering status effects and watching it slowly build. Absolutely. So actually, this leads into something which is making sure that everyone at the table is enjoying the system that you're playing. Yeah. Like, mm. don't just force a system onto somebody that they don't want to. And that goes from a GM and player side. So you have to like this is kind of a compromise because everyone's a different kind of player. And if hey, if you get a group of people who are all like Bryn and Alex, great. You know, they can play D and D or Pathfinder. So crunchy. Get well into the crunch and have a lot of fun with that but you know you need to make sure that that everyone's having fun and they are playing to the in the way that they want to play so you know that's also not necessarily saying like oh these systems are out of bounds but if you and it can go both ways if you're playing a simpler system with somebody who likes something a little more complex maybe the gm or the person who knows the system well can advise like okay well this is how you get sort of the more crunchy aspects out mm. or likewise if somebody's playing a system and they are more used to some more rules light stuff in order to enable them to be to have fun that that can be a point at which either another player or the gm can take some of the heavy lifting or yeah. advise on like oh well here is a class which is like low maintenance like yeah. don't play a wizard like just don't play a wizard if you don't want to do that kind of thing <laughs> don't play a wizard here's a fighter or like uh, a yeah. sorcerer is like a much easier version of wizards if you desperately want to be part of magic we'll say like you know advice this is easier than you know that I, I almost think to me that doesn't quite fall under the heading table etiquette because I, suppose, I yeah. would really want it to happen before you ever get to the I'm table you, to you've, made it, you've already made that choice it's, so it's, it, it, it's game etiquette and it's a really important thing to happen but you, I think you should do that before you get to the table like it ideally and it doesn't always happen because people's schedules are difficult and you know sometimes it's not easy to find role playing groups but you want a role playing group who are all pulling in the same direction who want the same things out of the game and you Share make vision. those choices early on but yeah it's absolutely something to be on the watch for is what are people wanting to do and are we enabling 
everyone involved to do those things. It's why I always encourage, and I know many people actually think poorly of it, I so strongly encourage a session zero for anything other than like a two-parter or ah, something no, like Okay, that. so those people are incorrect. <laughs> session zeros are the best thing. But oh, yeah. I, every time it goes so well, and I'm not even talking world building here, I'm talking... Yes, character building at the same time, make it a communal event, make a thing of mm. it, but also it's that sit down of, like, I, I play a social game at the moment and I play with a bunch of people who are quite good at this and there's nothing more refreshing than at the session zero, GM sits down and goes, what kind of game do you want to play? To each person individually and as a group. So as an individual, it's like, oh, I really want to do some intrigue and they're like, cool, so I'm going to have to put some like urban settings or something similar within this. Uh, what's you? I've really into some mass survival. So then he's like, okay, cool, right. If I'm going to do that, then right, I'm going to have to have these cities and then travel between them, that's fine. And asking each individual person what they really want from the game and then checking that once you have an idea for the kind of game it is, you lay it out there. I don't mean reveal your story, but go... It's going to be a game of, you know, there's these these city-states and you're going to be spending half your time in them and half your time travelling between them because they're kind of isolated. Great! Everyone knows what they're happening, everyone knows where they're at and, and where it's going. Because, I yeah, I have to agree with Bryn in that it's slightly distinct from table etiquette because table etiquette is a way of keeping everyone sort of chugging along happy. Mm. It isn't a way to preempt the problem if you've skipped session zero and one of you yeah wants to play this and one of you wants to play that all the table etiquette in the world isn't going to suddenly magically yeah make it work better and be fun you, you, it's more about damage limitation in some ways yeah i think this is part of the problem sometimes with games at conventions and stuff like that because usually you're with strangers and you've got no idea what the, the gm doesn't know yeah. what you might all want and that's why i think some con games can give you a bad impression of a system mm. i actually really <laughs> struggle running con games for that reason and mm. um, i normally come up with weird con games as a way of sort of dancing around it as an issue because i actually quite struggle without that sit down and run through with everyone but mm. in order to do it properly it takes about half an hour and yeah. if you're a con game <laughs> you've, got like three, you, you've hours, eaten yeah. a good chunk of your play so I, I struggle with that well con games about choosing the right kind of game as well because if you choose something like for example any of grant's games or mm. you know his one pages they're very simple to run they have such a strong theme that you can't really play them any way <laughs> other than one it's way it's hard to go against the grain it takes a lot of extra yeah no one's going to play honey heist and is asking for like a really deep and serious intrigue game everyone's a bear and a criminal yeah. uh, like that just tells you what kind of game you're going to have yeah. which makes it a good con game but anyway there's not advice about con games <laughs> <laughs> something else we should probably bring up in table etiquettes is lines veils and safety mechanisms with people however I would like to ask Helen would you define better than me because you're, be- you're better at defining them than I am. Let's just let's just lay lay it out on the table. I am bad I'm, at explaining them. I'm not sure that's true. So there are, as you say, safety mechanisms, which is to make sure that people are feeling safe on a deep level, that you're not accidentally triggering different kinds of traumas. Lines is essentially a boundary. So you might say, I don't want to have a game where I lose a parent, for example. But one that actually comes up, I've found quite a lot in fancy games, but it might just be strictly anecdotal. A good example of a line that I've seen very common is uh, slavery being one. Yeah. Where, like, as a fantasy trope, you know, the escaped slave and all of that, it's a very well-established trope. And mm. of all of the lines I've seen come up, I think that's the one I've seen come up most where people are like, no to this, no to this, no to this. Well, it's that and sexual violence will probably be the... I mean, yes, yeah. sexual violence, it sounds weird, but just, again, I, I tend to play with quite nice people, so sexual violence tends to be just off-the-table default, but that mm. doesn't mean that you shouldn't... Yes, it, but it's... it helps to say... And also, that's one of the things, don't assume defaults. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's, like, one of the most important things to do. I think Veils, as well, is... That's for games like Monster Hearts, where you might actually 
there might be some hanky-panky going on. Goodness gracious <laughs> and, and you don't want to get into all the details, or maybe you do, but if your group doesn't, then you say, we will draw a veil mm. over this. It's where, you, it's where you cut away to yeah. the fire hose on the street and then the clock strikes 12. <laughs> These are all the old cinema conventions. A fire hose? Have you never heard? Streetcar Named Desire is like the classic example of this where it's like, do they have sex? Definitely. How can you tell? Well, they're hosing down the streets and then a few bells ring and there's a fireplace. Like, it's the okay, old... Okay, so I was definitely is... thinking in like a train goes into a tunnel and a rocket takes off, which when you take That's it through what that... those are as well. No, but when you take it through the lens of like something quite literal, like a train going to a tunnel, a street being hosed down brings up some <laughs> very... <laughs> very just... I mean, just the volume. <laughs> wow. I'm not good at failing, okay? Wow. I'm oh. not good at failing. Okay, so this is why I was defining it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is exactly what I said. Is, is our sensitivity discussion sensitive enough? <laughs> Um, <laughs> so that's that's basically so that's basically there just to say they do the business. I've found a few mechanical ways of like coding this, which have been quite useful, like you know card systems and things like that, where it's mm. like basically everyone get given, say for instance, what's the one I know? What well, there's one that's literally like red card, yellow card, green card, where it's, yeah, it's the same situation yeah. where red card is rather than you just having to define at the start and then it coming up and you're not comfortable and someone going, well, you said everything else was on the cuff. Yeah, so this is the other thing. Like there are problems with all of these methods because yeah. people might not want to tell you I don't want sexual violence in this game because it might mean that they are having to disclose to you something very personal absolutely yeah. so with, with the card one the one that's useful is that everyone has red card yellow card green card mm. red card is dead simple it's just that stop immediately yeah how you engage with it after that isn't part of that. That depends on your group, but it's literally just a, we're, we're done with this topic. Yellow card And it's is, sometimes easier to use the card than actually actively speak up, of well, course. Well, yeah, especially, yeah. like, yeah. vocal blocks are a thing. And then you can have yellow card, which is closer to veil, which is just, like, we're drawing near stuff. And from my experience, often that's quite a useful one where it can be quite obvious what you're drawing near and then everyone mm. stares away. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. So yeah. it's like, you know, someone's about to kidnap you and someone's like, yellow card, it's like... Okay, it's quite obvious to me what the problem is. You don't assume, mm. but at the same time, I've seen that played so many times where people steer away from what it was without even needing to make a big deal, which is quite nice. Yeah. And then green card, I've seen used as a, as a strange one, which is where other people are worried it might be a thing, mm. especially if you have a, a player history, for instance. So let's say I've played with someone for ages and I know that this kind of thing might be an issue and it, green card can be a way of saying... Honestly, you're okay to press on. Don't worry about it because obviously you can change that to a yellow or a red when you need. Wow. But I haven't seen green card used as often as sort of yellow and red. But greens I've found quite useful as a like we're good, carry on, just to kind of keep mm. a flow going. But yeah, it's but one I mean the problem with that so then many. is that it puts the responsibility on the person who might Ab- be being affected. Absolutely, to have yeah. to. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. it, 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 it's a combination of all of these things, and it very yeah. much depends on your group. And of yeah. course, there's like yeah. the one stop shop of like the X card, which is just just. You just smack yep. the X yeah, yeah. card. It's in the middle of the table and you just tap it yep. and you just change from there. Absolutely. There's a lot of interesting discussion going on about different ways of trying to make these work. And um, I'm not aware of like one dominating yeah, the not, none Yeah, really. none of them are perfect. I, I've come across the X card most often. It's the simplest to implement. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think related to this as well, because these systems are all opting in and about respecting each other and mm. that doesn't always happen. So this is said, obviously, with the confidence of a tall white man, but... You're not that tall. Okay, tall. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Slightly above average. White man. Um, but it's about, like, calling people out at the table. 
and mm. like dealing with these issues because you will have some people who are like, this is stupid. You're all idiots. I'm going to do it anyway because it's my character. You know, basically people acting like and there has to be that you hear a lot of stories about people being like I don't want to talk like I don't it's hard to get people out of a gaming group right and yeah the same same way that it's hard to get anyone out of any group yeah like you can't get them out of your office you can't get them out of your friendship group like it's so that's leading quite organically then onto (laughs) inter-party conflict as a thing Um, Mm. I'm expanding that to really be inter-player and inter-party because they're both a thing that you kind of have to deal with yeah but they're very separate things yes yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. to deal with inter-party player yeah. first rather than into party yeah any tips for people about dealing with this sort of sensibly <sighs> i mean <laughs> big size for it's, it's it's just it's too hard. difficult right i think i mean one thing is if somebody is making you uncomfortable and you don't want to confront them directly if in your group you can find an advocate who can act on your behalf there is nothing wrong with that as long as you trust that person. Obviously, yeah. again, it's hugely contextual and it depends if there is somebody that, you know, is also mm. in a position to do that. And it's like a important yeah. point out that that person might not be the GM. Yes, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be the GM. <laughs> the GM doesn't have to be... Yeah. In fact, often it's better for it not to be in certain situations. Yeah. Like, you've you got to play it case by case. I think also is the kind of the thing that the GM has authority when you're playing the game. They do not have authority outside of the confines of the game. Even mm. at the table, they are a person, they are a player, and they have the same status as anyone else, and they should mm. be held to the same standards as anyone That's else. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Like, I've never really thought of it in these terms before, but when it comes to players and GM, what's happening is that you're all playing, you're just playing an asymmetrical game. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the GM is a player. Yeah. GM is always a player. Yeah, something that I've never understood is this idea of like all the players being against the GM, which like sometimes we like pretend. It's because you all have to join together because none of you will match my superior (laughs) power. Yeah, yeah, sometimes we pretend, but like we we want. If you were ever like not enjoying it, it's collaborative, right? (laughs) Yeah. Look, honestly, if you want a competition, go play a war game. Yeah, go play a war game. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah, it's what they're literally designed for. That. Yeah, (laughs) I think it will always depend on the context as well because there are different kinds of conflict <laughs> that happen. Sometimes mm. it's like an accumulation of just small things that maybe you don't know they're there or not and you have to like go and get a second opinion. Like, this person has said this, this and this. Am I, yeah, you yeah. know? And sometimes it's just someone's just like whams down something that you don't like. And it's fine to leave. Uh, yeah. I know it sounds silly. You are not what I have seen happen before, which is awful to see is, okay, let's put myself in a situation where I'm uncomfortable with what's going on. I want to leave the game, but I also don't want to be responsible. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Responsible for ruining other people's game by suddenly mm. disappearing halfway through. Yep. You have to just delete that from your brain. Absolutely. Like, yep. there, there's no workaround. There's no sort of, oh, maybe. No. No, just just do it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think it's, it's an just, element of, and obviously this is very contextual, very difficult, but if you need to leave a game and the people you're playing with aren't okay with it, then those people are not worth knowing. It, yeah, it's that's a bad like, sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a red flag. That's that more reasons worse. to then leave the game. Yeah. <laughs> what I would say, though, is that I think, although we're... we're <laughs> again, part of the whole sensitivity discussion is that we're kind of dancing around things in a little way because it's quite difficult to phrase certain things and so on, is separating out... There is a clear no, which is separating out character conflict and player conflict, and the two should not meet mm. but it often will like that's and that's the thing yes. it's about managing that relationship because having an argument in character because you are having to literally act it out you have to look at the person you are having to you mm. know effectively channel those things and i'm not saying like 
super method or anything like that. But just being in that situation and pretending to be a thing can a still effect. make yeah, it has a physical effect. Yeah. And it's very easy to allow a in character and in character argument spill over into an out of character argument, especially with stuff like LARPing, which is a lot more media. Ooh, than, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I've had situations where there's been like a big betrayal and somebody was almost run out of town because they burnt their bridges effectively with people, and that's super unhealthy. Yeah. And you know, bleed needs to be dealt with. I think, and it happens to everyone as well. I'll be, I'll be open. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm fairly good at this kind of thing. It's happened to me. I do it. You can see me get annoyed at Alex when something's not going <laughs> in the character. Like if I'm getting. You, yeah, it's, it's recorded. It's, There's it's, evidence it's, of it. It's <laughs> universal to just differing degrees. And mm. there's one that I can all... So with a group that I play is we we have a weird in-joke phrase which became um, we're in the trenches, meaning like we're entrenching, meaning that we've had this argument and it's going nowhere and we're letting it bleed further and further and we're just building this bigger mm. and bigger wall and we just literally have this thing now where we're going, we're in the trenches, aren't we? Yeah. At which point argument immediately stops and we just eat we just, we just <laughs> sit and eat for a bit and then it's like that was silly on it yeah yeah and that happens it just yeah. does it's just really important to talk and that, that can also yeah. be the same thing for player conflict as well because you know if somebody is dealing with something that you are uncomfortable with or is repeatedly doing so there is also i mean they may just be a d- but there is also <laughs> the less sinister explanation of they don't realize yeah and again yeah. it Deep, 90% of the time and, it's going to be more and it's often it's very that. worth saying that it's very contextual and it's very dependent on the group and the people you might not want to bring up the fact that somebody is making you uncomfortable so yeah. mm-hmm. you know you have to deal with it in your own way but broadly talking to people is 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 a good way to diffuse a situation which can become much worse yeah and as another big no no so you're having you're having an issue with a player not a character and you're like you know what I don't want I don't want this to come out or whatever and then what you do is you Try to put it through the character instead, yeah. as a as a as a escape vent, as a as a hatch. But I've seen that happen. Yeah. I've seen it both happen consciously and unconsciously. I've seen people do it where like it's bleeding out and they don't realise. Mm. And I have seen before someone's going, "I don't think you're playing your character the way you want to. I think you're playing it because of the way you're feeling." It wasn't phrased like that to be absolutely clear. Mm. And then that player was effectively just took a moment and went, "You know what? You're right. I'm I'm going to leave this session." They left. They came back and like, "Yeah, you were right to call me out on that." Blah blah blah. But I've seen people use it as a coping strategy where it's like suddenly your character just gotten really mean. Like it's just gotten yeah. really mean with this other character for no reason. It will make it worse, not better. One other thing as well, like from the other side of things, of if you are observing this kind of stuff and or if you know that somebody might be uncomfortable, like checking in is okay, whether yes. privately or publicly, but there's no shame. Like you're role playing with your friends. It's not like you're going to be judged for it. Putting your hand up and saying, can we just briefly stop the game? Are you okay? is fine. yeah that is That's and it's good. so so helpful because it's so difficult sometimes just to say this is making me yeah so if you like acknowledging somebody and inviting them to have an opinion is can sometimes yeah be very and this is if you're not putting them on the spot obviously you know and it's especially difficult when you're in just when you're british yeah <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm sorry do, do, do terribly I'm sorry. <laughs> would you mind terribly not cursing at me like this um and it's then just halfway like, through the sentence suddenly you're apologizing and you just you, you know what i'm sorry i shouldn't have mentioned I shouldn't have yeah mentioned. almost every time i have said like you know can we pause something i've just said i'm sorry but i'm so know? sorry that you're behaving badly yes <laughs> But of course, I have this thing where, like, if I, I, I'm like, oh no, they're going to feel really bad that I'm upset. I should make them feel better yeah. about, you know. <laughs> so I, I've, yeah. there is one tipping of actually, which is for here we tend to be quite candid and we'll be like, are you okay? Job done. You know, yeah. we're, we're quite a direct group, which I like. One tip that I do do in personal games, so not in this kind of context, is I don't tend to ask, are we okay? If I'm GMing specifically, I'd be like, 
Should we take a break? Let's take a break. As a, like, let's get away from the table. And a lot of the times that will help because I'm not drawing attention to the thing. Mm. It's enough to just give an out to go, should we take a break? I feel some food. And then make the break happen so that then suddenly people are away from one another. Things mm. can settle down. Things can shake out a little bit. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that eating food is the solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> But it's been serving me real well. <laughs> it's like it's like gaming in pubs can be quite helpful sometimes because mm. you can be like, I'm just going to go and get a drink. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a drink? A- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's basically really useful and I use it a lot. <laughs> yeah. One thing I would like to raise up then and then sort of pass across to you, Ben, because I know it's something you care quite a lot about is part of this is we've been talking about separating out morality in terms oh, of yes. like your morals as a person versus character in game and so on and mm. what that looks like and i think this is one that i'm kind of rather hand over to you because i know you're frankly better and more upon it than i am as well uh. <laughs> i brought it up but yeah no so so i think fundamentally one of the things and uh, this is a thing about trying to create a space in which everybody is comfortable but also dealing with things which are different from what you normally deal with because like sometimes it's the kind of thing where (laughs) your morals are obviously always different in the vast majority of role-playing games because you are literal murderers (laughs) like you are killing things killing sentient creatures for for golden glory or for righteous vengeance or stuff which is not you know which is obviously abhorrent in our in our system but it's also about like recognizing that and again, this might be coming more from LARP, which is where I've sort of experienced it more. But somebody playing a bad character is not a bad person, mm. as long as everyone out of character is comfortable with the way they're acting. Because also it should yeah. not be used as an excuse in order to act reprehensibly. There's a lot of stuff with like, oh, but I'm chaotic evil. That means I get to do these awful things. And it's like, or don't. Maybe. <laughs> Have you thought about not? Have you thought about I, not doing this? As an example, like it, it's not come up. But I actually, as a player, like personally, I enjoy playing evil characters quite often. But the way I play an evil character is not very similar to the way I've seen other evil characters play. And the main reason I like it is it forces me to think a bit more because I find I get a bit bored playing like neutral good and things like that. I like the variety, but my point is, is that I actually play evil characters a, a chunk of the time, but more as a way of opening up character discussion things as a viewpoint on things it's not running around burning orphanages and that kind of thing and i see that happen a lot where people will play an evil character and that translates to basically going off on one and that isn't a thing that i would ever do so that's one thing as well which kind of like merges all of these issues is like the idea of group cohesion as well because Mm. like one really good thing about table etiquette and game etiquette is also not hogging the spotlight and like sharing the spotlight around and like sometimes sometimes a scene needs to happen which only involves your character and that's absolutely fine but if you're always grabbing this and one of the main culprits is you know talking in D terms but like the rogue oh i go off on my own to steal the treasure it's like okay great well first of all you're screwing over the group i don't care if your character is that you're making people feel bad and why but i'm you, a lone wolf why did you choose a character like that <laughs> but i'm a lone wolf hopefully you had from a, se- a tragic background and hopefully if you've had a session zero everyone said that's a bad idea <laughs> uh, but also what you're doing is making sure it's like okay no one else gets to play for a bit i'm doing my own thing now which is not necessarily being an evil character it's being a good character it's being like oh the paladin you know um, that, yeah lawful stupid all this kind of stuff it's like i do the <laughs> stupid thing or you know oh i stab the merchant for their gold it's like great so you've warped the game into being about this now mm. and you made that choice the group didn't make that choice you didn't have to make that choice it's broadly arbitrary and so it's that kind of thing uh, you know and also there's an element of the gm to be like is everyone okay with this happening 
And if the answer is no, it's like, hey, you, stop being a dick. Stop it. No, that doesn't happen. In, my, in the early games I was running, that happened to me. And I did not handle it well. I just didn't know. I didn't have the skills I've got now. And yeah, I, mm. I have, I have seen that happen. There are a lot of players who do that. Yeah, of the, a certain demographic. One, we all know the one. It's one of the things where it's. Everyone says a lot of the improv thing, you know. Except by the way, it's white men. <laughs> so a lot of people will always push, you know, the improv thing of accept and build, which is really, really good when you already completely gel as a group, mm. have for years, and you know each other inside out. Accept and build does not mean accept everything that is presented. It means accept the things that are good and that will push the game forward, that will help players grow and help the game grow. It does not mean accept every single offer. Best example I can give of that is Bertie as a character, as a one that people we can draw attention to, is yes, accept and build. We didn't accept every single offer that came through Bertie. There was a lot of... like I would... With Bertie, I would shut narrative options down. He'd be like, "Okay, I want to do this." And there's a couple of good examples. James is spending a chunk of time. It's not like a, it's not a big faux pas or anything. Shopping. He wanted to go off on a massive shopping spree. No one else did, and it, I turned it into a small comedy bit where he was ended up buying from a from a, a dodgy, mer- oh, a, a dodgy yeah. merchant. <laughs> but it's because I shut it down because that could have been a huge thing. And more than once, James was giving these offers. Totally fine. He was giving these offers. Is there more to this merchant than I thought? And blah blah blah. And consistently going, "No, there is not." This is a merchant. Let's get back to the group. And actually, on the flip side of that, you know, if, if you are the kind of person who's like, I stabbed the merchant and steal their stuff, if the rest of the group is like, yay, <laughs> that's fine. Like, read the, the room. Re- yeah. If the rest of the group is like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, maybe, maybe you are either playing the wrong kind of game or if you want to play with these people, maybe play a different kind of person yeah. or go find another group who is going to be like, hey, you know, because <laughs> it's fine. It's a game. You can do whatever you want, really, as long as everyone else is having fun. Mm. There's so much. much like there's so many social skills that you need to actually like. Yeah, I feel like we've, we've, we've almost jumped to advanced level because there's I think there's some really basic stuff that we, ha- we haven't quite mentioned, which is stuff like. Just make sure everyone in the game gets a chance to talk. Yeah, yeah. like no, if you're, actually, a, new, a, really, if you're really a new party and you don't know each other that well, or you know, ideally, you, you, you know, you're going into a situation with people, even if you don't know them well, you at least have some reason to sort of trust that they're going to play well together. But you know, fundamentally, some not everyone is as outgoing, and it's you yeah. know, it isn't the responsibility of everyone in at the table, whether that's a real table or a virtual table, to try and let everyone have space to play. And sometimes that means kind of encouraging a reticent player to step forward and say more. Sometimes it means just shutting up if you're the person who's happier taking the spotlight. Mm. And very much, you know, the thing, and again, I know I'm bad for this or have been at times in my life, I hopefully uh, not quite so bad during a lot of Rusty Cool time, is talking over other people. You know, if I get very excited, well, firstly, I stop being able to shut up. And secondly, I talk very loudly. And I just, you know, it is, I have to sometimes make the conscious decision to hold back and just be like, no, someone else is saying something. At the very least, let them finish <laughs> before you jump in with a with another idea. In, li- in life, as in podcasting, cross-talking is bad. I was about to say, that's not only good table letting, that's <laughs> yeah. good mic etiquette. Yeah. I have to say, that's quite useful for us in that I can just be like, stop, well, yeah. you've ruined the recording, stop, <laughs> drink it all again. There's no wiggle room, it's quite useful. Um, but that's one thing as well, like, you can, you, can, you can also deal with that kind of thing in character, because one of the things mm. is, like, a, a lot of at least D&D dungeon crawly kind of games are planning as well yeah. and if everyone's planning and some person isn't saying anything it's absolutely fine to in character turn around and go hey you what, what do, do you, you think, think? Mm. and that person could maybe go I'm fine and that's also fine because don't go the other way and force them to say yeah, something because the person might just 
you know, not want to do this, not have any ideas, not having a good day, and they just want to sit there in a room where their friends are talking. Like that's perfect. yeah, it's yeah. it's the standard rules, isn't it? Which is um, offer the person a cup of tea. You do not force the person to drink a cup of tea, and the person may want a cup of tea, they may not. Yes, you just present the cup of tea. Role play is a hot drink. Role play. Offer it. Do not pour it down people's throats. And I will I will take a break there, and when we come back, I will do my best not to translate everything into food. I'm clearly hungry. I'm yeah. clearly hungry. And everything is. Why don't about you have food. a snack during this break? Yeah. That's a good idea. And welcome back. So I think we should probably move on a little bit. I think we've covered the conflict stuff quite well into a bit that I think a lot of people are getting better at, I think. The more I see it, the more I'm seeing improvements, but is character creation and that a lot of people split character creation into two parts, which is your sort of fluff and crunch, which is, you know, your numbers, <laughs> your, numbers. your numbers and also your story. But there's three sections to Lone Wolf Orphan <laughs> Orphan so, <laughs> so this is really funny to me because we've just recorded an episode in which that is literally my character <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I'm literally a wolf but that's a one shot like that is a short thing so. <laughs> also you're an actual wolf so <laughs> that's true you are a lone you're a lone wolf, wolf. Which we're talking about lone wolves, not lone wolf wolves. Ah, no, but then um, we also put in a pre-established friendship between our two characters. That so, you is know. true. Yeah, and it's also worth saying like all of these rules are not hard and fast. So yep. campaign games are different yeah. from one shots are different from short-term games are different with other groups. Yeah, and it does depend on how you're how you play it. Yeah, and the situation. Yeah, because my character's not going to go off and fight whatever the thing is by himself. <laughs> so Spoilers. That's, so that's the thing is like when you're building this character, you've got your fluff, you've got your crunch, and then you've got. Being decent, I don't. I don't really have a term for it yet. I haven't managed to codify being, it. Being ethical, I don't know. Something like umbrella. being sensitive. This yeah, is honestly, yeah. Sensitivity yeah. podcast. That's the, best thing. that's the thing is, I have seen this happen a lot, which is where someone makes a character story-wise. Oh, that's a great story. Mechanics-wise, yeah, that'll blend really, really well with the group. And then they're pitching it, and people who are really good at dealing with this, actually, Johnny and Sasha, running convention games, are exceptional at shutting this down, where they'll have, like, oh, we're running a Deadlands campaign, and it'll have an extra rule that they've put in, which is if they like have pre-gened characters, and mm. it's like, if you're going to play this character, don't do a Mexican accent if you can't do a good Mexican mm, accent, or yeah. if everyone aren't comfortable with it. And it's that third element, and Johnny and Sasha specifically are exceptional at really highlighting it. I've never really met a group who are able to do it as well as they are but it's you can have something that works and on paper and it works in all the way and then the second that it's in the room it's like that's not gonna work and again at the risk of like calling out it definitely was a thing in the early days with Hamid I think I think we've addressed it and I think we've sort of talked about it I've talked about it before I felt it was a risk to play a character who was not white who was from a country that I do not have a great deal of experience with and, you know, I knew that risk going in, but I wanted, of the four characters we were presenting right at the beginning from episode one, I wanted one of them to be not white. Yeah, and, and, and all the players were white. So. Yeah, <laughs> and I, so, you know, how the kind of decision-making that went into that was to, you know, it's very important that that character doesn't become a stereotype of a certain mm-hmm. nationality because without much direct experience, you know, that is a big risk. And so I, you know, I I gave Hamid a background, which is the British schooling system, which is something, even if it's not my direct experience, to. it's incredibly similar. And, you know, I know a lot more people who've been through it in a much more direct way. And it means that, I, you know, I'm not doing an accent that potentially could be insulting to people, hopefully, you know, and, and, and I'm giving them a background, which is easier for me 
to uh, relate to and identify with and play through without sort of, you know, reducing it to stereotypes, without reducing it to, you know, to a simplistic level. A caricature. A caricature, that's mm. the word I'm searching for, yes. But the thing is as well is that you did your due diligence and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Is it's not saying that every single thing in the world is off the table and so many people will put that as a straw man argument of if I can't have this then no one can have anything because everything's banned. It's like, oh, and it's one of the that's not beautiful that things about role play mm. is it gives you a chance to explore what it would be like to live as someone who is not the same as you potentially and you know and you know and ben also took a decision right in episode zero he, you know he played a character with a disability oh yes and i'm mm. not and i believe that in real life ben does not have a disability i do not have uh, a physical disability uh, so you know that is also in terms of taking on a you know we are able-bodied white men that you know we're, we're taking on characteristics we do not have in the real world and therefore potentially representing experiences that we haven't actually live taking on a role yeah but yeah. That, that is you know and that, that's important and you know it's good to have representation in these ways but we have to be sensitive about it because the, we are not people who live through that in an everyday way as well yeah and i think as well like for people in our position and i really don't want to sound self-congratulatory because we're just doing the bare minimum that we can is having an objective because the reason that I chose for Zolf to have one leg is because that sort of thing in this sort of system is just brushed over. It's like, oh, yeah, I lost an arm. But hey, it's fine. There's no problems with that. It doesn't impact his life or their life in any way. And it's like, no, I wanted to do it that in such a way where it's not that, you know, both not being useless because that's not true, but also it actually having an impact because that is also not true. People who have mm. physical disabilities have to live with that, and you know, it's not just picking a hair color. You know, yeah, exactly. Yes, it's, it's yes, that's it. It's not an arbitrary decision. These kind of mm-hmm. decisions cannot be an arbitrary decision. You have yeah. to have an objective, and you have to, yeah, as Prince say, make sure that other people who are consuming the content, whether it is a podcast or the other people at the table are comfortable and also being willing to listen if somebody's like, actually, you might have made a mistake. Because as long as you're trying and you make a mistake and somebody tells you you made a mistake and you change or drop it if it's a really bad idea, that's okay. Yeah, no one is ever, ever going to be perfect. Like I've had... Oh, this this has already gone out, so it's fine. So, like for the for the Bermuda special, oh yeah, I was actually a bit worried afterwards because I was like, oh no, my character was a bisexual man, and I made him really promiscuous, mm. and I uh, worried about that. Sure. No one else seemed to pick up on it. So I think, I'm hoping it wasn't. I think the reason it wasn't a huge thing, this is going to sound strange, is it wasn't that you played a promiscuous character. You played a promiscuous game. <laughs> Everyone, every character, every player was in that mode. It was quite so a horny it game. It wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't that, like, we're playing this thing and then Helen's just playing this really horny character. You were all just I thirsty guess, characters. I guess that's part of, like, being part of the room. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think that must be it. And... It was just it was just a funny experience for me because like I'm bisexual myself and I was like am I am I promoting my own stereotype? <laughs> yeah. Cuz you know I do that in real life too. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's the thing is like in your play in your character creation just take all three steps. Step 1, will it work with the story? Step 2, can you make it work functionally? Will it play well with the other characters mechanically and so on? Step three, is it okay? Like, just, <laughs> yeah. is it okay to play this? Is yeah. a last step that you have to do. And and time to think about that, to plan for it, to do the research is really valuable. Like, uh, you know, we, we talked about Hamid and how, you know, I took a long time over those decisions and I did some research and I tried to make choices that were sensitive and sensible. And, you know, today we're playing a one-shot and the setting was that, you know, Ben 
discuss the idea of playing a character from Mongolia because that is very close to oh, where where the adventure is happening and that you know it was sort of it was a correct narrative choice yeah. but he felt that without the prep time without the thought behind it that it was a choice of you know a white man playing someone from that area yeah. immediately was not, he would not necessarily yeah, not. be able to do it in a sensitive way yep. and it's like you know I think in you know given the right lead time and stuff Ben, ben would be able to do that in a sensitive way but he felt that today with his 15 minutes of prep well, yeah. probably not <laughs> yeah. the way to engage in right, the entire right culture. now all I know about Mongolia is the capital is Ulan Day, and they produce an awful lot of medal winning Olympic archers <laughs> Those are the two things that I know about Mongolia. Well, if that doesn't sound like a complete yeah, analysis yeah, of yeah, I have not done my due diligence. Yeah, exactly. It is interesting because I do work as a sensitivity reader and one of the projects I'm working on at the minute is for one of the people I'm working for is we're making incomplete guides. So the other day I wrote an incomplete guide to writing a black character. Ooh. And I sat down and I was like, so they said, okay, there should be, like, narrow it down to like 10 points, bullet points, and put links in. And I sat down and I was like, how am I going to explain racism in like. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I have a section on hair that takes up almost an entire page because, and I, and as I was doing the research, I was thinking, I'm just Googling things, but it's knowing what to Google yeah, and yeah, what terms yeah. it is and to look at it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you do need to research. And so, if you can talk to somebody with lived experience of it, or at least get secondhand accounts of people who have lived yeah, experience of it. absolutely. But this doesn't just apply to players, although I realise we've just said that the GM is a player as well. It's like on the world building side, mm-hmm. this is the same thing. Mm. There are three things you have to do building a world. Does it make sense story? Does it function mechanically? Is it okay? That's 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 my new title for it. You've got fluff crunch and is it okay? Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to do that with your world building. You have to do it with your players. You have to literally open the dialogue. This isn't a thing where you can go, you know what? I think this is good. It's not just a case of put some thought in and then go. It's put some thought in and then lay it out and go, hey, everyone, this is what I'm kind of thinking and I guarantee you there will be things that you have missed. Well, and that's yeah. happened in this podcast. Absolutely. Alex has introduced stuff. And as I've a dropped clangers completely and, and, without realising. Yeah, and we've just gone, hang on a minute, this may not come across as you think it does. Yeah. And then Alex is like, oh, fine, change it. And yeah, I've, I've done it more than once. I have just, I'm not going to go into huge amounts of detail because, frankly, I'd rather not. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I've, I've dropped clangers and just gone, wow. That's not what that was meant to be at all. Let's abandon that but then, right now. And again, Alex had the right kind of response, which is not to get defensive, to be like, mm. oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm going to change that. I'm out. I'm, I'm black carding myself. Yeah. But again, X carding. X carding, sorry, yeah. But you have the issue here of we can present like that's never happening because yes, it's a recorded medium. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I will edit out. Basically, it interferes with the flow as an entertainment piece. Yeah. But importantly, we've had that conversation in real life. Absolutely. And not in yeah. a case of like two minutes either. Like sometimes it has been like a, you know what, why don't we get some food and then talk about the thing or whatever. But I have more than once I've dropped things and abandoned stuff. And I've even retconned a couple of times where it's been like, this is leading in completely the wrong direction and bailed on like. And a you also you something. also check in with us first, and you, mm. you you know if you if you've got concerns, you do say. And again, this always gets edited out because it's not the entertaining bit. But you know, you say like, "There's a thing coming up that I don't feel super confident with." Oh yeah, yeah. If, if you feel like I am crossing a line, then please let me know. You know, and you you check that we feel comfortable with stuff that's happening, and you check in. You know, before and and make us aware that we should feel able to speak up. Yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. you've made you've made it. You know, the barrier to addressing it as low as possible. Because I've actually got a really good example of that now. I think about it, which was in Damascus. 
the near riot situation. That's yeah. the one where I openly stated... Oh, the almost race riot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was something where, uh, coming into that, I remember explicitly stating, I'm going to be trying to do this right, but I please... Please <laughs> monitor this. And that was one of the ones that has come closest to not like to being bailed on, but still made mm. it through. Because yeah. I think it came out okay. Mostly if I'm honest you to play your actions. <laughs> yeah. uh, because if <laughs> As soon you, as I realised what was going on, I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's exactly what that needed. But similarly, like as a player, it would have been perfectly valid for your for you to be like we don't have time for this. We have a, a, a world-threatening thing. Mm. We, we we just have to accept that this is going to happen and blah, 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 which would have led me into, I don't want, oh, no. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, it's okay as a player to say, actually, can we not? Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. That's also a perfectly valid answer. And that's that's a good example of one where I think I was treading the line yeah. very close. I mean, and it's not very just close. scenes. It's, it's world-building as well. It's like, and I think it happens more in fantasy settings than... Role playing specifically, but the number of fantasy settings you read where women are an oppressed class, yeah, yeah and just people naturally, yeah, and just, people haven't because of course that's the fault. Interrogated right? it, like yeah. sure, if you've thought long and hard, and you want a setting where there is sexism because you want to say something about sexism, and you're engaging with it, and then you know, mm. we're not saying anything is off limits. We're just saying think about it yeah. and be sensitive, and you know, but. People say, oh, it's historically accurate. And it, it, no. I mean, <laughs> it's fantasy. We're looking at you, the Witcher. <laughs> already, already you're in a fantasy setting, so you shouldn't worry about being historically accurate. But also, it is not historically accurate. Women have been systematically written out of history. Yeah. I mean, yes, at, there were times when their women have not been allowed to participate in every aspect of life. Mm. But also, even when they have, it's been. Yeah. information about it has later been squashed. And to say anything, to justify anything of that kind on the basis of historical accuracy is awful. And, you know, a, a similar one came up earlier in this episode is slavery. It's mm. like, if you're going to do slavery in your setting, just, okay, well, maybe you have a story to tell and maybe it is a relevant and interesting part, but think really hard about it yeah. and do your research and, you know, get a sensitivity reader and talk to people. And, you know, it's... Don't do anything thoughtlessly. It's so it's it. so much an important part of it. Absolutely and agree. Don't yeah. one of the ones that will come up a lot, and it comes up, I think, more as a GM is just own your mistakes. Yeah. No one expects you to be perfect, and if someone's pointing this stuff out to you, nine times out of ten, they're not pointing it out because you're being a. D- it's how you respond that is going to determine whether you are behaving appropriately or not. A lot of the time, if someone's pointing it out to you, it's because they trust you to fix it. Yeah. If, they don't, if they don't even have that level of trust, Absolutely. they'll just disengage. So if someone's mm. saying, you know, look, there's an issue with this, it's unfortunate and it can happen even when you're doing your due diligence and so on, but your quality as a person is how you deal with that being presented. Mm-hmm. It's you going, you know what, you're right, I, I, I totally bailed on that. Um, and I've seen it happen before where someone's gone, you're right, and it was on like a long-term play. It wasn't a con or anything. And they were like, you're right. I'd like to end the session there, go away and rework what we're adventuring because you're right. And I've seen that happen where they just, they go away for two weeks, they come back and go, cool, I've reworked this. Here's a couple of retcons that are going to change this to fix it. Because, you know, I'm not going to say who it is. I don't like doing that. But, you know, it's someone I greatly respect. And they just went, that's really cool. I have not seen that. Yeah, I, I would I, be pleased I've not seen it happen had. much, but it was great. Yeah. It was just watching someone go, I'm culpable for this. 
it wasn't intentional, obviously, but mm. I'm, I've got to fix this. So again, shocker, we all just broke for food again. <laughs> but that's not the takeaway. The takeaway is is the Chinese. The Chinese. Okay, right, <laughs> the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am getting a takeaway later. Damn. <laughs> But yeah, the thing is, it's really risky to bring up things like this, like personally, like to the person who is bringing it up, they have to take the risk that you're going to turn around and like have a go at them Mm. or reject their criticism or, you know, anything unpleasant like that. So it's actually a measure of how much they trust and feel safe with you. So it's kind of a compliment to be criticised is what I'm saying. Mm, (laughs) Pretty much. And again, it's just... Yeah, if you focus a bit more on how you are responding to things, it will pay dividends. Well, I I mean, I'd like to add to that point is that, you know, if any of the people listening to this feel like Rusty Cool Gaming, the show, deserves some criticism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please share it. Good point. You know, like, there's there's a good opportunity to say, look, if you don't (laughs) feel we've presented things sensitively, you know, we try, we'll try and be responsive to feedback. And that doesn't mean we're going to necessarily change things massively based on what people say but we'll listen we'll think and that's part of our job as well as content creators is to respond very specifically in these sort of areas if you feel mm. we've not been sensitive to an issue of the type we've been discussing it is, in this it's episode. something i pay a decent amount of attention to it sounds it sounds peculiar there's a bit of a, a running joke on our, our discord our community server which is that i can't back read uh, <laughs> and it's because it's, it's true i find it really difficult to parse but what i will do is i will dip in frequently and just check on the nature of discussion Mm. for that exact reason because if everyone's raising multiple concerns and i'm seeing this concern more than once i'm like okay cool like this is clearly something that needs to be either addressed or tweaked or something like that yeah like that door's open let us know there's a reason that we have so many ways of getting in contact and we have community mods and all this appropriate like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter at the Rusty Quill yes 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 or join our Discord it's all very well (laughs) similarly you could just you know send a direct message if you don't want it to be a huge thing yes also (laughs) yeah you know if it's not in a public forum message Anil it's what he's here for and he's really good at it yes his job is good at it he's lovely I mean he's very busy feel free to message other people too (laughs) potentially but you know maybe one at a time message whoever you're comfortable messaging yeah yeah exactly I think our fan like there's there's a reason that we're so like I feel like although I have no other experience of this that we're more active with our fans and more interactive than others are so I would hope that people do feel comfortable yeah, I'd say that we're more than most, but that's also because, you know, there's tens of thousands of podcasts being released, like, <laughs> daily. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of noise in the space. But, yeah, okay. I, I think it's a fair point. Yeah. Um, we, we certainly put a lot into the infrastructure to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not just, like, getting contact with... Well, trying to build spaces for people such a kind of slightly diverging from sort of being a an ethical role player but being an ethical creator as well because you know we are people who listen to us have spent an awful lot of time listening to our voice and that's a very it's it's a way and something that a lot of creators if you're anywhere on the internet are very well aware that an awful lot of creators don't do that and that you can develop a parasocial relationship which is something that can be abused quite easily and we as creators always have to be very 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 careful and know like that this 
could exist. There's an, or, you know, the, what, can you define a parasocial relation? Because it suddenly cropped up like six months ago. Sorry, and I don't yes. actually know what. So I can figure it out from context. Yeah. But. So a parasocial relationship is where two people, one of whom consumes the content of the other person. It's, I think it particularly developed around vloggers and stuff. Yes. Mm, but basically, yeah. you know, you have a vlogger who invites somebody into their life, and if if the person who consumes their content it, it is invited in their life, it invests them. It makes them feel like a, an actual friend, despite the fact they've never met. It's a yeah. one-sided and it's a one yeah, it's a one-sided relationship because obviously mm. this person recording the content just pop it, put it put it out and maybe don't even talk to their their fans or anything but those fans could have spent 80 hours listening to you know what is most likely a fake version of this person's life that they're putting out mm. for you know not saying all vlogs are like that but probably the vast majority of them are about you know <laughs> look how good my life is we're all wearing masks all the time <laughs> exactly you know? exactly yeah. and that is a huge amount of power that the the person creating the content can exercise over the person consuming the content, especially mm. if that person is in a vulnerable space, which, you know, happens an awful lot. And, you know, a lot of people are like that. So just being conscious, like, as creators of content, we have a duty to be responsible with what we make and how we interact with the people who consume what we make. Yeah. And hopefully we're doing that. But mm. if we're not, let yes. us know. Yeah. <laughs> or, much. again... Tell somebody that you're comfortable telling. You know, mm-hmm. you do not have to try and tell the person who you have the issue with. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know what? I think that's probably a good one to round out on. Mm. I think it's... I think we covered a lot. Obviously, there's more to cover. <laughs> I, have, I have some notes here that we just won't cover today because we've, we've covered a lot. But, yeah, I think it's a nice one to round out on because, yeah. And it's something that I don't hear many content creators dealing with as well yeah and it's a big yeah. problem it is a big problem you hear about so many things of creators taking advantage of their fans mm. or pitting ways. different different parts of their fandoms against yeah. each other yeah, yeah. yeah like, and maybe they don't even realise they're doing it but then it's like do you yeah let's make rusty cool gaming fans and magnus fans fight each other no <laughs> oh my god Brian. <laughs> the magnus fans will win <laughs> <laughs> I'm not engaging. So, speaking it. of being responsible content creators. <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs> Look, we're a comedy podcast. It's been a very serious episode. <laughs> Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial sharealike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by April Sumner. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit rustyquill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at rustyquill.com. Join our community on the Discord via the website or on Reddit at r slash rustyquill. Thanks for listening. Straight on. Yes, Alex, because Hannah isn't here to feed you. <laughs> yeah, she just... I have a Chinese takeaway tonight. It's gonna be ace. Ooh, oh, it's yeah. been a long time. Is it gonna be good? Let yeah. me... <laughs> I rolled with advantage, so it must be good. Nice. Right. <laughs> but that's because you know the cha- the takeaway place. I absolutely but... do. Ooh. You're not gonna feel great in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll turn the night. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.